Alright, so what is going on everybody? How is everybody doing today? Today's video slash podcast is going to be us ranking every quarterback in the NFL that's potentially going to be on a new team next year into a tier list. So basically, this is the guys that are going to be in the NFL draft. So we have pretty much the top guys, Williams, May, and Daniels, as well as like the next trio of like McCarthy, uh, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. We have potential trade candidates like Justin Fields on here as well. Um, and then a bunch of guys that we expect to be in free agency. Like we know Kirk Cousins is a free agent. We know like Baker Mayfield's a free agent. But then we also assume that like Russell Wilson's going to be a free agent. So basically for this, S tier means you are happy with this guy as your quarterback um, next year. Obviously, it's going to be different circumstances for different quarterbacks. If you're getting like a Drake May or Caleb Williams, you're most likely a rebuilding team like the Commanders and maybe the Bears. But if you're getting Kirk Cousins, you're probably thinking you're going to be competing next year. So you're happy to get him over like a Jimmy G or a maybe a Zach Wilson. So what's going on, Tom? What's going on, Dom? How are we doing for this? What's up, guys? Yeah, so th- I thought this would be an exciting idea because we have a like plethora of quarterbacks here that are all in like different stages of their careers and where you'd want on your team. So we're basically just going to start this off with Baker Mayfield. Um, he just led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to an NFC divisional loss against the Detroit Lions, a nice playoff win against the Eagles, and we assume he's going to be back in Tampa Bay. But with these tiers, we can obviously move them around. Where do you guys feel comfortable throwing Baker off on the first guy? And obviously we could change it. Do we want to start him off with an S tier or like an A tier? I think I want to put him in A. I do think that he could take you to the playoffs, and I think he's a really solid quarterback. He's above average. But I just think he's a tier below at least one guy who's on this list. So I want to just put him at A, and uh, I guess any uh, disagreement, happy to discuss it. Dom, do you agree? Or you're, you think maybe even B tier? No, no, I, I agree with Tom. I like the A because, like you said, I think there are a few guys that I'd slightly be happier with. But if if you're getting Baker Mayfield, he proved himself, I think, this season. And I think if you get him, your team is saying, we want to try to win. We weren't trying to win now. And he, I mean, like you said, he brought the Bucs to the the divisional round, which people didn't really expect. So I'd be happy if he came. But I don't think he is top, top tier. But I do think, I think he's near the top. All right, I have a question for you guys just to play devil's advocate. I'm cool with A tier as well. Say Baker Mayfield gets 40 million a year guaranteed for at least three seasons. Does this change your opinion on this? I don't. I'm, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it would. He's pay, that, that's just what the market is now. Like, I mean, Daniel Jones got forty million. He's far better than Daniel Jones. So. Yeah, but he, like, so it's guaranteed for three years. Baker is on the younger side too, compared to some of these other quarterbacks that are free agents. So, um, yeah, I think like it, like you guys said, like uh, quarterbacks are going to get paid a ton of money. Um, I don't know if Baker's ever going to be a Super Bowl leading quarterback unless you pair him up on like an insane elite defense, but that's going to be tough to do if you're going to be paying him that much money. Um, and we assume he's going to be back on the Bucks next year. So um, next up, we have a wild card here. We got Bo Nix, who might be older than Baker Mayfield. He's going to be somebody that's probably going to be drafted in the, I don't know. He could be in the first round. It could be in the second round. It could be in the fourth round for all we know. Uh, Dom, where do you want to put Bo Nix to start this off for the rookie quarterbacks? Yeah, so first off, you really hit the nail on the head. I don't think anybody knows where he's going. I saw one mock draft where he's going 12th overall to the Broncos, but I could also yeah. see him falling to like the third round. Like I <laughs> think that there is a there's a huge range for him. He is an older quarterback. He had one of the most accurate passing seasons in mm-hmm. college football history this past year. I know Tom would probably like to bring up that most of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. He's all He likes those air yards and all that, so I know he'd probably bring that stat up. But, but I love unrealized air yards. I think if a team got Bo Nix, in my opinion, I feel like they're 
they're they're close enough where they think they can get him later on maybe and he'll play good i don't i'm not super confident in him because i don't know how much room he has to grow but i think i think c would be fair for him and that's with him never playing an nfl game yet like i feel like c would be a reasonable tier for him yeah like c i i i, I can maybe put him at, at like in d tier but like one of the better guys in there but I think C is fine because I'm looking at this list now and there's a couple guys who are completely washed and or I do not want within 100 miles of my franchise's practice facility. So I think C is probably fine. Yeah, I think C is tough like for Knicks because obviously he's so like older for a rookie quarterback. So he's pretty much going to be already at his like talent ceiling. I w- like, would you guys feel any different about this if say maybe it's like the Rams or maybe it's like the Jets, who already have an older quarterback, draft Knicks to like stash him for a year or two, would that make you feel a little bit better about him? Or would that make you even feel worse because he's already so old for a rookie QB? Yeah, I mean, if he sits for two years, was he going to be 28 when he starts? Like, no, 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 no. I love how we're saying he's so old. But like, <laughs> he might be 33. He's he's only 23. He'll be 24 by the time the draft comes, which, yeah. yes, is very old for the draft. Okay, so but he's, he's 26 when he starts. That's crazy. Which... I find it funny, though, because we're just all older than him, and we're like, oh, he's so old, he can't play quarterback. I, I know, that is that. odd. I find that part of it funny, but I do think, like, I think he could be drafted by a team, like you said, like the Rams or the Seahawks or um, any team that really has a guy in place for a year or two and then no plan really set after that. I think he could probably go there and do that, but I think... I feel like that's right where his confidence level is. Yeah, I feel like it's very similar to when Kenny Pickett was drafted. He was an older quarterback too. Um, I mean, this could be like a Saints oh, team as well in the second not, round. That, that's not. That's yeah, not that's not. That's not. That, that really isn't helping his case. <laughs> well, no, it's not. I, I feel like older quarterbacks do not do well. I mean, Jordan Love was technically a rookie-ish this year, and he's what twenty-five, but he sat for yeah, a long true. time. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe that will be beneficial for his career. Like it's definitely shown to work out for some quarterbacks. Um, like we've just seen with Jordan Love as well. Uh, so we're going to throw Bo Nix in the C tier. We got Baker in A tier. Next up, we have Jake Browning, who had some flashes with since he once Joe Burrow went down with a season-ending injury. I think you'd be pretty happy with him as like your backup, like maybe like the Mike White, Taylor Heineke like free agency class. I mean, some of those haven't really worked out. But Jake Browning um, had some pedigree coming into Washington, wasn't really wasn't drafted high, but he had some nice games for Cincy and some nice upset wins as well. I will start off with... If he's my starting quarterback next year, I feel probably less excited than Bo Nix just because of the um, unknown with Bo Nix that can get me excited. Um, and you can throw me all the accuracy stats from what he had at Oregon this year. So I'm going to throw Browning in D tier, but I'm freely or I'm open to debating to putting him in C tier. Yeah, for sure. I like D tier because I think there are guys that are worse than him. Like, like you said, if Browning is my backup quarterback, and my starter gets injured, which is very likely because every starter got injured this year. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with Browning coming in for a few games. I mean, obviously, if it's a season-ending injury and Joe Burrow's out for the entire year, then Browning plays too long, probably. But I would be—I think D tier is fine if I'm only expecting him to play like two, three games max. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Um, so we're gonna throw him D tier. I feel like we're gonna have our first S tier quarterback who's projected to go one point one in the NFL draft. Either it's to the Bears or to another team. Caleb Williams. If he's your starting quarterback week one next year, you got to be pretty excited. So I think we're all gonna agree S tier. Yep. Yeah, you're you're excited unless unless your team trades a significant amount of draft capital that you're unhappy with that would be the only downside i think to getting caleb williams because we saw last year uh bryce young his cost was a swap and then an additional first and like two other seconds 
if you're giving up that much or more for Caleb Williams, I could see you being a little upset maybe, but him as a player, you have to put him in. Yeah. And DJ Moore. He's a far better prospect than Bryce Young. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like you give up DJ Moore and like what if your team gives up like his only good weapon? I mean, I would, yeah, I'd feel a little bit less excited about that. Like the Falcons are essentially in the same draft spot. So imagine them giving up two first round picks, two second round picks. And Drake and London, Drake London yeah. is not as good as DJ Moore. So again, you're you're already scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got Josh Dobbs. We had debates about Dobbs this year. He had his little uh, Dobbs mania run, and then obviously got benched for for Holland Mullins later in the year. I mean, if Dobbs is my starting quarterback next year, I, I feel like that's got to be enough tier for sure compared to everybody else on this list and compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. Towards the end, towards the end of the regular yep. season, he was getting benched for Nick Mullins, like. The whole back and forth thing, like it, it's, it was never gonna work, and I just feel bad for the Vikings. Man, like Kirk was playing so well, and that team really could have did something. Mm. Yeah, and there was a, I mean, there was a three week stretch where he was a top twenty quarterback, but only for those three weeks. So we'll hold it to that. If um, your peak is a top twenty quarterback for three weeks, everybody else, this, this is like <laughs> the year of the ass quarterback. Like everybody, everybody looked bad at some point this year. Yeah. So honestly. Like, Mahomes looked bad at one point this year, which is kind of crazy, but I mean, obviously yeah, jo- different. Josh Allen led the league in turnovers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we got Drake May next. Uh, he'll be interesting. Do we think he has the same excitement level as, like, Caleb Williams? Obviously, it seems like he could be a commander at number two. Or do we think he's in the Baker tier because he's not as, like, highly touted as a prospect, but he's as close as Caleb. So I feel like it's between SRA for, for Drake May. I'm, I'm leaning more A. I don't think he is as like the same level as uh caleb and a few of the other guys we might mention because i feel he he was very quiet this year in college and i don't know it seems like he regressed a little bit which makes me a little concerned but he's still projected to go two or three so you're gonna have some excitement for him but i think right now he's below caleb so i think he's below caleb but he's but he's above baker i think he's gonna be the first guy in a tier for sure and that's fair i i'm not sure i'm not sure he regressed as much as unc just like was not good like through the second half of the year and like i watched some of those games like the games were like you know in in, scoring in the high 40s for both teams there's really not much more you can ask him to do at that point the throws are there he makes the acrobatic throws and he's exciting to watch i just don't think he's as good as caleb williams he's not as i just all of the first of all he never won the heisman and his teams are never really as good he and his team one year where his team had huge expectations, he certainly did not live up to them. You do the USC, but at least they had a shot at the playoff uh, kind of for two years, and UNC really was never there. So the winning aspect, I got to give it to Williams 10 times out of 10, and I'm going to put May a full tier below that for pretty much that reason. All right, I'm going to push back a little bit. Dom, correct me if I'm wrong, but did UNC win the ACC last year? Not like this past year, but the year before that? Didn't no, they beat they, Clemson, or did they lose to Clemson in the ACC lost, chip? I'm pretty and sure Clemson's also wasn't Clemson. even good this year. It's like the worst Clemson they've ever seen. No, 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 not this past year. The year before this, two two years ago. I'm pretty I mean, sure they still weren't great. Beat but... them because I am um, okay. I, if I remember correctly, Clemson uh, started a club nick over uh, DJ, and I'm pretty sure they won then against UNC. Gotcha. Um, I would and push back and Florida think State was this year. Yeah, I would push back and like to say May's S tier because if we're talking about teams that are realistically getting Drake May, I mean, I think Washington or whoever's at two that's taking May has to be like thrilled to be getting somebody that's looked at as like a franchise quarterback. And there were parts in the season where people were May over Williams and it's looking like it's going to be Williams over May just from the end of the season. But I feel like if like you like you kind of separate your positions because if you're getting Baker, you're probably a team that's trying to compete now. And if you're getting May, you're pretty much kind of in the rebuilding stage. I feel like I'm more excited to have Drake May um 
than Baker, and I think that's what you guys agreed with with putting May over Baker in A tier. But yeah. I, I think I would put May in the Caleb's tier in S. I don't know. Yeah, I no, you got me. That's a good point because, and also think I don't see anybody or in the, remaining in this that's going to even compete with him for the A tier. So why am I capping him at A tier when he could wind up being a fantastic quarterback and put him in S tier? And like you said, if your team gets Drake May, they're probably a team that is rebuilding and going to be exciting to have see what he turns into. So I, I kind of do like the S tier move, just obviously right. below Caleb. I think mm-hmm. I've just grown to be skeptical of highly drafted quarterbacks because for every <clears throat> C.J. Stroud, there is a Zach Wilson and a Trey Lance. Sometimes there's more bust than there are stars, which I feel like just probably my own personal thoughts have made me just um, not fall in love with quarterbacks early as much, so maybe that's just me. But I guess you're right because in the excitement level, you're getting your franchise guy. You probably will be happy with him next year. Uh, will he live up to it? I guess is a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, but yeah, and I also think when you say for every C.J. Stroud, there's a Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I'm gonna make a. I think Drake May is a much better prospect than both of them. Trey Lance had sat out for a year and played a D1 AA, and um, Zach Wilson kind of sprung up draft boards after playing not good competition. From I mean, I hate to be like he from just one because of that. Trade that uh, mini cam throw or the pro- oh, yeah, combine you, throw. Did you but, see him make that throw in shorts like that? Yeah, that got of, him yeah, exactly. Ball. Rolling off his, his his off shoulder. I mean, I don't know. I think I think Drake May, although the ACC wasn't fantastic this year, he still played against really good competition for a few years. And both Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, I feel like just weren't that really good of prospects in terms of like proven like can win big games because they didn't really have any big games. Zach Wilson went up against Coastal and got smoked. That was his best game. And I don't know if Trailers won a ring in uh, in he FCS, he, but still he be he be JMU, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, that that wasn't a dig, also. I generally had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think it also just depends on like where you get drafted to. I think like Zach Wilson like was drafted into a horrible situation in in New York, and I think like whoever maybe the Patriots take might, and it's looking like it may be Jaden Daniels might be that same case. Like, who is he throwing to? Who's blocking for him? Are they going to have a consistent running game? Um, is Gerard Mayo even going to be a good head coach? Like, he may just be a talented quarterback, but just thrown into the worst position, and that's, like, basically what Bryce Young was this year. I think we all thought Bryce Young was the most talented quarterback in the class, but if you're just thrown into a team that has no mm-hmm. weapons, no. unstable yeah. head coaching, it's terrible. So, um... Anthony Richardson was the most talented, was the most... Um, uh, uh, more than Stroud. Most athletic. Most, most athletic. I'll give you that. Yeah, he can run the QB sneak with Steichen's offense. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll throw <laughs> May in S tier. Uh, we'll throw. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll go on past that. We'll, we'll put May in the S tier. Um, I'm glad I was able to convince you, Tom, to throw that. I'm just UNC bias, so I just kind of wanted to see him in there too. Uh, so next up, we have with UNC bias is May. Yeah, exactly. So we're team UNC here. Um, shout out Kendall Marshall. So we got Justin Fields. Um, next, who's a wild card? Because it's looking like if Caleb Williams is a bear, which probably is looking like it's going to happen, Fields is going to be most likely traded. Um, so I, it could be a team that's rebuilding um, or like not maybe competing right now that trades for him. Like I think Atlanta, if they traded for him, like they might try to win the division, but maybe Super Bowl is still like another year away. Could it be like a Pittsburgh that probably not going to win the Super Bowl with Justin Fields, but they're a little bit better than a rebuilding team? Or is it going to be a team that's looking for an upgraded quarterback. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like a team that could really compete if they're missing a QB. Vikings. Uh, maybe, yeah, Vikings, Seattle, maybe something like that. But they wouldn't trade him to the Vikings. But you know what I mean. Yeah. What, yes. 
what if New England says we'll give you our second round pick for Justin Fields and then we'll draft Marvin Harrison third overall? Same. Yeah, that could definitely be something as well and give him like a prime weapon if they're that high on Fields more than like Jaden Daniels. Um, so I feel like it's beer A. Like excitement for Fields just because he had the draft like hype and he had such a good second half of the year just compared to what he's been. Maybe not like good compared to the rest of the league, but what he's been in Chicago. I don't know. I'm. I think B tier is probably safe, but I could see the reason for A tier. If you guys think C tier, though, then we might have a debate here. Okay, let's see. I'm. I'm kind of leading A, but behind Baker. Okay. Uh, I think. I think B because I would feel much more comfortable with Baker than Fields. I don't right. think they're on the I'm, same. I'm fine. I'm fine with point. that. I'm. I'm not. I'm not splitting hairs over Justin Fields. Dom, are you ready to ride? Are you ready to ride Baker or Fields A tier? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna agree. But if you if you think B tier with Dom, then then we'll go B tier. If he's, I, if he's I'm Lee, I, I, A tier was my pick. So if you want if A, he's A tier, I I think he's towards the bottom of A. I'll say that if anything. That's because I guess you can maybe get excited about him, but like at some point we've seen enough of him. I feel like so I don't. I guess All there's right. a little excitement that he's got the athleticism behind him. But if your team gets him, I feel like that means the team is trying to go all in in the short term. Yeah, can I ask you a question? This past season, we uh, I know we're, it's like a woulda, coulda, shoulda, but if we swapped Baker and Fields' positions and environments, would we still be looking at this the same way? You think? Do you think Fields could have led Tampa to the playoffs, and do you think Baker would have struggled first half of the year in Chicago? I think Baker probably would have struggled in Chicago because I think everybody would have struggled in Chicago. Okay. But I do not think Fields would have played as good as Baker in Tampa just because even towards the end of the season, all of Fields – like the uh, the underlying stats and all the advanced metrics, they still weren't good. So I don't think he would have had as good of a season as Baker did. I mean, Baker Baker quietly put up a top ten statistical season this year in the in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. Do you want I, look at look at his stat line? I mean, he is, he was a top ten statistical quarterback this year. Yeah, he played really good against Carolina with the division on the line towards the end of the year for sure. Did they win the game or not? <laughs> Fair <laughs> that's enough. One thing that's one thing Justin Fields has not been able to do is win games. Eh, towards the second half, but no, I totally agree. But we're going to put him in A tier behind Baker uh, just because I would be excited with Fields as my quarterback. Um, I guess it also depends what you give up. Like if you traded a first round pick for Fields, you're like, eh, did, why'd we do that? Um, so we got everybody's favorite quarterback, Joe Flacco. Um, I don't know. If Joe Flacco is my starting quarterback next year, I would be pretty uh, not excited if he's my backup. Uh, I'd be cool with that, but starter, I'd be upset. So I guess that's the same criteria as like Browning. But due to his age, is that like an F tier? If he's like, you're like, really, we're doing Joe Flacco as our starting quarterback? Like that's F tier. Yeah. Like, what do you guys think? I, I said I made a joke in our group chat and I said C before the video, and then I'm like, that's way too high because if you're trotting out Joe Flacco week one, you got to be tanking. Like, what's like what what is what is the goal if Joe Flacco is your quarterback week one? I'm gonna say D tier because I think it's the same situation as Browning. If you have Flacco on the sideline and you need him to come in. I mean, let's not forget he led the Browns to the playoffs. I mean, at some point he's he's better than some of these other guys that are out there. So I think I don't think F is justified. I think he's better than F. I'll put that all out right. there. Maybe, maybe I'm hating, but all right, I'm fine with D. All right, we'll we'll put him in D just because he did have a good end of the season stretch. So next up we got Jaden Daniels, who is definitely like lesser pedigree than uh, Drake Mayne, Kale Williams. So I don't think he's an S tier. I think he is a tier below those two. And I think he's getting hyped to go number three because he's a quarterback and they're going to be a little bit overvalued in the draft because there's not many good ones out there. So I think it's A or B tier because he's definitely a tier above Bo Nix. Do you guys want to put him in the first guy in B tier or do you want to drop him in A with Fields and Mayfield? I'm personally more excited about having 
Daniels than I would at least Fields, maybe even Baker, because I think I think Daniels still like he's got the excitement fact, just won the Heisman. He had a really, really, really good year. You can use the argument of he only had one year of really high production, but in terms of excitement and going into the season, I'm ecstatic if the Giants walk out of draft night with with Jaden Daniels. I, I was gonna say bottom of S tier to be honest, because really? if we're talking about if we're talking about excitement, like Tom just said it. He just won the Heisman, and everyone loves quarterbacks that can pass and run. If your team's drafting him, you're assuming that means your team had a top three pick, so you're trying to build something there. I feel like from an excitement level, he probably is S tier. That's fair. I'm I, I think I agree. As well. Yeah, because you're a rebuilding team, and it, like if it's like the Pats or like it's maybe the Giants or the Vikings, whoever trades up and gets him, like you're pretty thrilled to have hopefully your franchise quarterback um, as young as Daniels is and, and go forward with that. So uh, yeah, I think that's the perfect way to kind of like have this criteria for sure. So I, yeah. I think we can throw him an S tier, top three guys in the draft. Um, so next up we have Jimmy G. Uh, I think he's a tier above F. Flacco. And really, I was gonna what put him C he? just because he was, of, like, up, he was straight up bench this year for Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. But he the was, team was in a, a weird like state. I don't know. They kind of gave up wait, on him and they just wanted to see Aiden O'Connell was ass too, and they still didn't bring him wait, in. He wait. was active at the end of the year, and they they were like, no, let's keep let's keep Aiden O'Connell. Wait, wait, pause for a minute. What are the Raiders doing at quarterback for next season? Do we actually know? Like, is Aiden O'Connell supposed to be the starter next year? Or is Justin he trade Fields. up for uh, Caleb Williams? JJ McCarthy? I feel like no one's talking about the Raiders really needing a quarterback, and I just realized right now that Aiden O'Connell is just their guy for whatever reason. It's going to be well, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> dude, probably. Because they could be like, all right, we'll, we'll tank and get a top quarterback in, 2020, uh, in the 2025 draft. But I think, like, Jimmy G's better than Dobbs. I think he's better than... Browning and Flacco? I don't know, dude. I think Jimmy G has fallen to D just because, as Tom mentioned, he was benched for Aiden O'Connell for essentially the entire season. I would, I'm but saying I, F. But I think Above it's because Josh they Dallas, fired McDaniels. I think it was they fired McDaniels and they just like wanted a new direction with the rookie. I don't think it's because O'Connell or um yeah O'Connell was better than wasn't Jimmy like, G. It wasn't rookie Justin Herbert. O'Connell was awful. No, no, I know, but I don't think it's because of that. I don't think it's because of, like, O'Connell was better than Jimmy G. I think it's just they wanted that change of scenery with the new head coach and go from there and get, like, everybody from the previous regime out of there. And that was Jimmy G because he was McDaniel's guy. Also, also, why are we tearing Aiden, Aiden O'Connell down? He won at the Chiefs without throwing a pass for over true, uh, true. 45 minutes. Like, what are we doing? Uh, dude, I feel like Jimmy G's going to be, like, the Broncos head coach. Or Broncos, uh, not head coach, uh, quarterback next year. Just I'm, if they caught us. Offensive genius, Sean Payton, the most <laughs> underachieving head coach of our entire uh, of our entire generation. Dude, he, or he's going to be a stealer. Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to say D tier because I feel like he would be same situation as Flacco or Browning. If you have him on the bench to come in, I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. But if he's your starter week one after not playing this past season, I would be um, I'd be worried. I'm fresh arm. I'm I'm fine with D tier, but. I, it just keeps sticking out to me those those two missed deep balls. I was I was Devontae Adams fantasy manager this year. There was one week where Jimmy G overthrew him deep twice, and one would have been a ninety-seven yard touchdown. And I don't know if I lost that matchup, but if I did because of that, Jimmy G he should be in D tier. All right, uh, on record I would have him in C, but two beats one, so we're gonna throw him in D tier. We got JJ McCarthy, another wild card in this upcoming draft, like Knicks, but is the complete opposite. He's the youngest quarterback we're gonna basically mention here. I think he's twenty years old right now, um, and he'll be twenty-one for the new season. Uh, he's probably somebody that should start as a backup and kind of learn the ropes. Maybe, maybe he's a Jets quarterback who knows or somebody like that, or maybe he's a Seahawk. Um, uh, if McCarthy's like your starter, like if we're looking at it like that, I would probably throw him in like. It's. I feel like he's maybe the first B guy, or he's in Knicks and C tier. I feel like that's perfect for McCarthy. 
I I, think, I, I agree think he's with higher Knicks. than Knicks. I think I think I would put him higher than Knicks. I'd say they're. I'd say just for next year's excitement, I'd say they'd be even. Maybe. But can we put McCarthy at, above in the C tier as Knicks? Yes. Sure. That's. Fine. I'm fine with that. I think right. long term McCarthy's supposed to have a lot more potential, but if we're just talking about going into next season, I'd say they're probably essentially the same. Yeah. Okay. And then, but we'll put McCarthy as first in C tier. Yeah. Sure. We can okay. agree on that. Um. So yeah. next up, we got Kirk Cousins who. I think it's going to be our maybe only S-tier non-rookie quarterback because Cousins is not an elite quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. And we know he was playing well before he got the season-ending injury. But if you're a team that's getting Kirk Cousins, you're most likely maybe pushing for that Super Bowl. You're getting somebody that can hopefully put you over the hump um, if he's going to be on the Vikings or a different team next year. So I think in terms of quarterbacks that are going to help you win right now, out of everybody here, out of every veteran, he's S-tier. I agree. I don't know. I don't. I think, really? I think this might be like a weird thing, but Cousins won. He's coming off torn Achilles, and he's, what, 36, 37 now? And the Vikings were like the best team for him to be on. It was just automatic, air raid, best wide receiver in the NFL, one of the best rookie wide receivers. Uh, they had a fantastic tight end. I think he's top five-ish tight end. Um, offensive head coach with great play calling, and he really like kind of unleashed Kirk after – who was the coach before? I don't know. Who was the coach for the Vikings before that? But, it wasn't Shermer. Um, no, it wasn't Shermer. I, whoever, whoever that was was a defensive guy. And then McC- O'Connell took over as an offensive head coach. And he kind of like just really like Kirk, like just let it fly. I don't, I don't, <clears throat> I think, I don't think he's S here. Like I'm, if, I mean, I guess if your team is comp- trying to make a Super Bowl run and you sign Kirk, like you got to be excited because like, okay, we're going for a Super Bowl run. But like what team that's on the brink of contention would legitimately become a contender with Kirk? I think if he goes back to the Vikings, I think they'd still be a contender. Okay. I mean, don't I think that? I think if he would have, if he'd go to the Falcons, I think that would significantly boost the Falcons because they do have weapons already for the most part. They might need one or two more, but they have a decent foundation. I okay. think um, Steelers. Of other no. Why not? I mean, good defense, I mean, good offensive weapons. He Steelers, elevates yeah, them. If, the Steelers struggled because of quarterback this year. If he did go to the Steelers, I think they could maybe get an extra two like wins. And they already, ha- and they already had 10 year. wins. I, I, I don't that's think the Ozzie's team, though, next year. So it's going to be Pickens. I don't know. I think I think they don't save too much money if they cut him. And I don't know. They might not have a better option unless they do draft one. But they have so many other needs to draft. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with like Dom. I think it's like a, it's like one of those teams that could win two to three more games if they had Cousins. All right. You, you, make, you, make, you make a good case. I, I, I mean... I was I was gonna say it's, A and like am I really and like the, the fact that you he's not the, the same Falcons, as Fields that's for sure I know that that's for sure I think he's better than Baker I'm more excited about Cousins yeah. for just 2024 yeah. than Baker because Cousins Cousins last year was better than Baker's ever been and if you're signing Cousins it's it's different levels of excitement if you're drafting Caleb your franchise you should be good to go for the next five to ten fifteen years hopefully if your team's right. signing Kirk Cousins. They're saying we're trying to compete in the next two to three years. We're trying to win a Super Bowl, so I think that excitement okay. would be yeah. S tier for me. All right, totally agree. That's that that that's yeah. It's it's different kind of excitement. I see that, but yeah, I'm, I I could put him in S tier. But where do you put him in S tier? Bottom of S tier. Uh, I feel like he's in a. You can, it's it's tough to rank him and Daniels, May, and Caleb just because it's like different teams' positions. All right, where are we putting them? Uh, it it doesn't matter for that ranking. Like I I just put him next to Daniels. Right. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean he's the worst quarterback. I just don't think we can rank those quarterbacks because they're just going to different teams and they're in different positions. All right. 
Um, all right. So next up, we got Mac. Or and also, I looked up who the Vikings head coach you were thinking of, and it was Mike Zimmer. But next Mike up, Zimmer. we got we got Mac Jones. Is he D tier just because of what he was as a rookie, or is he F tier? But he was also no, in a F-tier. terrible situation. No, I don't care. F tier. Uh, dude, I might be more excited about Mac Jones as my my quarterback next year than I am about Jake Browning. I don't think so, dude. Jake Browning won a team games, and he kind of stepped in and was the backup. But Mac Jones was, had a, a decent rookie. He was, like, extremely average as a rookie. He wasn't really that good. And the his fall-off was just I – mean, maybe it's Joe Judge and um, – was it Matt, Matt Patricia? No. Who was the offensive coordinator? Um, Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. Who was it? McDaniels? Was he still there or no? Too no, he was the coach of the Raiders for two years. But I, I don't know. I, I think I think Mac Mac Jones is the very Patriots quarterback and in any system that requires a quarterback to do anything other than like a Belichick type thing. No way. Yeah, I, I might I might start to rethink this. I'm looking at his stats now for the past two years. He he's worse than I remember. I mean he's bad, yeah. I, and and he and he keeps going he's back and forth. Like he was so bad that he couldn't even last full halves, like for Bailey Zappi. Like like let's let's like it's not like it's, you know, like uh, Gardner Minshew on the bench who's like a really solid backup who probably is a top thirty two quarterback in the NFL. Bailey Zappi is like no. Yeah, I I'm gonna agree with Tom. He he's convinced me. If I see Mac Jones jogging out week one as my team's quarterback, I'm not having much confidence. I I'd put him in F then. Damn. All right. Uh, I would put him in D just because I think like terrible situation and like he should not he there's a zero percent chance he's a starting quarterback week one, but like he'll be a backup. I just I don't know. I think that's mean to put him in F, but I get it. He's been so bad. Um, I think I'm still. I get that. I think I'm stuck on thinking about him at Bama, where he threw 40 touchdowns and like two interceptions, and that's just still in my head. But looking at the NFL stats, it's just it's a different Mac Jones. Um, next up, we got Michael Penix, who uh, I feel like it will be an easy placement. I'm just gonna throw out with C tier. I feel like he's pretty similar Ooh. to Bo Nix. I don't think I'm he's gonna go B. I think B? He'll be. Oh 100%. wow. I don't think so. If you so. put Michael Penix on the Vikings, I am ecstatic. I don't think so. I don't think so. What do I you think, mean you don't think so? I think he's very similar to Bo Nix as a prospect. No way. Michael Penix is... No. But, but Michael you're, Penix. You're thinking, about it, you're thinking about it as a prospect, though. Like, maybe maybe long-term... Even excitement. Even excitement, I, I feel the same way. I mean, what, I would what actually... What excites you about Bo Nix? What excites you about Michael Penix? He, he puts balls in buckets. His yes. Okay. And he wins. So did Zach Wilson. So he, did Zach so, Wilson. All right, so... so at the very least, Michael Penix beat Bo Nix twice. So he what? has to... Yes. What? Yes. Well, like, that yes. doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean yes, anything. He did. It's a team sport. And then he sport. beat Texas. It's not like, a Michael boxing Penix matchup. should be a clear... If you beat somebody twice, you should be a clear tier above that person. Especially when that is... Bo Nix, oh, oh, who is... Okay. Uh, Mason Rudolph beat the Ravens, and Kenny Pickett beat the Ravens. That means they're better, right? No, yes. it does not mean they're oh, better. Oh, no, no, it doesn't this. mean they're better. I think he's better than Lamar Maybe. Jackson because Kenny Pickett beat Lamar. No, I agree. There is no way that you are... And, no, no. And, I'm being devil's advocate. And, and Tyler Huntley, who's exactly. also a Pro Bowl quarterback. Exactly. I mean, Steelers quarterback room, Ravens quarterback room, to your criteria. <laughs> no. That, I mean, I, I don't think either of your arguments... I, no, I I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a dickhead and playing devil's advocate, but I don't think that Penix should be a tier higher than Nixon McCarthy. Why not? I'd be... I would be more excited for Penix. I think he. I think if he rolled out week one, I would. I'd be hopeful. I'd be excited. If I'm the Falcons or I'm the Vikings and Michael Penix and Mike Wood week one, I'm hype. I don't care what anybody says, and I'm way more hype than if I'm a Falcons fan or a Vikings fan and I get Bo next week one. Hundred uh, percent. I don't. I don't know. 
I mean, like, Dude, I don't think Michael it's enough Penn to do a whole tier. To... I think I think it's maybe a C tier, like first guy in C tier, but I don't think it's a whole tier above. I don't think Penix is I a think, good quarterback. But, no, but none of these, but none of these guys are a B tier that, that are left. Yes, there is. Uh, I see one. I, th- I see one guy. I, think so. I, I have, I have one guy. I, I, I really hope it. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll talk about him later. All right, but uh, you guys both say B tier, so I guess we'll throw him in B tier. Obviously, we're gonna go yes, by that. I think, I think he's B. And I'm putting pegs above this guy we're talking about too, just for the record. Gardner Minshew? That's not the guy I was talking about. If that's who you're thinking. Yeah, no, no, I think, no. I, he he knows who we're talking about. I'm okay. pretty sure we're all in. We're all on the same page here. So is Gardner the way he almost led the Colts to playoffs a C tier, or is he also a D tier that you're like not thrilled? But I would I would say C because when yeah, I put I put him bench, in C because you, because you know if Gardner Minshew is your quarterback, you got a chance to win a nine ten games if your team's good. Yeah, I mean, the Colts were supposed to be bad. That. And he stepped in and and won what not eight nine games. Yeah, that's and fine with me. He's been good. He's been good in the past. When he was with the Jaguars, it wasn't like he was just like god awful quarterback. He came in and was very serviceable for essentially two seasons, and then obviously got the backup role with uh, Philly. But if I, if I see him on the sideline, I'm feeling somewhat somewhat excited that he's there as a safety blanket. Yeah, like if my team is average and my starting quarterback gets hurt, obviously you never want to see that. But you see Minshew coming out, it's like, oh, all right, you know. This probably won't be too much different from what I already got. If you got Tom DeVito coming out, then you're pissed. No. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so C tier is fine with me. And obviously, it's like the similar with the Kirk and the prospect thing that like he's in like its own bucket, uh, different from Penix and, um, or excuse me, from Nix and McCarthy. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I mean, it's F or D. I wouldn't be excited. I'd probably put F. I mean, he had two fine no, games against Benny. You're more excited about him than you are about Penix. Dude, honestly. I- I th- I think a real tier for him would be D, just because if he didn't play for what was it essentially the past five seasons, I think that's telling. He had a good three four game run, but I don't think long term it's uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we're going about excitement and what could be, I'm oh, more excited if Mac Jones is my quarterback next year than I'm about Mason Rudolph. I, okay, I don't. Okay, yeah, I, I think I think I'm throwing the towel in the season if both if either of them my quarterback. Well, I might not watch a game. Then they're both F. I put Mason bottom D because I feel like he's at least somewhat. Damn, you guys are harsh to Mac. I, I would be more excited about Mac as my my quarterback probably than Mason. I, I am. Think I, I I would be livid if Mac Jones was my quarterback next year. I'd be livid if Mason Rudolph was my quarterback next year. I think he anybody besides be. Minshew would be tight. <laughs> All right, so next up we got Russ, who's probably our B tier guy that, that we were. I was, yeah. That's who I was inferring. Yeah, I would honestly. You know what's crazy? I'm not like totally like for the contracts they may get, and if you're trying to compete, I think it's possible that Russ has a better year than Baker next year. Yeah, but his ego. Do you think he would do that? Where do you fact? Yeah, how much do you think Russ would make on the open market, assuming the Broncos still owe him money? Like, yeah, I don't know how that works. Is is he like? like I wonder if he's capped at a certain money that he he could take on the open market. I think he's gonna get like a Jimmy G type contract, or like a Geno type contract. I mean, like three years, seventy million with two of them being guaranteed. But is that allowed a team even, in the NFL? Yeah, but would a team even have to really offer that? If the Broncos, if his guaranteed so. money with the Broncos is still a significant amount, is any team really just going to fork over more guaranteed money when he can essentially take less since his contract's being paid? We give him a prove it deal. I think it's just like they don't deal. have to. Don't yeah, it could be like a DeAndre Hopkins. Like, well, I guess Hopkins still made significant money, but it's like something like that where it's like he's still getting paid from the Broncos. Like Dom said, a lot of money. Where teams like are like, all right, we're gonna throw you ten mil max, it's, five mil max. Like you're still getting forty million from Denver. It's a it's a baseball contract. Robinson Cano is getting thirty million dollars from the Mets, but you can go play for the Braves for seven hundred k. It's all good. Like, it's, yeah. I think it's probably gonna be a situation like that. 
I'm trying to remember okay. if there's a rule. Like, I feel like I was reading somewhere. I, I, it could have been about baseball, too. Like, can you even take an X amount of money if you're still getting paid from your former team? I think it was the NFL where you can't even make, like, two max contracts at once, like, theoretically. Um, so, Ryan Tannehill, I guess he's probably in that D tier. F? What's exciting you about Tannehill? What's yeah, exciting about Mason Rudolph? <laughs> What's Mason exciting Ru- you Mason about Rudolph Joe Flacco? Held, held t- jo- Mason Rudolph held a team above water that was already not having a good quarterback play and took him to the playoffs. That, Tannehill so was he, the one seed. Yeah, well, against backups. He had okay, two yeah, fine now, games against terrible defenses. Yeah. And All Rudolph right. did not look great. But next year, what do you what do you want with Tannehill? Honestly, with I, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with Rudolph going in F tier anyway. I don't care. No, I think I just want to bring Mac. I just want Mac in D. Exactly. You're, 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 you're just defending Mac Jones. For what reason? Mac Jones. But it's Ryan Tannehill is better, I think, objectively than Mason Rudolph. Um, Ryan, At this point, all right, what's what different? Tannehill, what's different? Tannehill was Wait. horrific this year. Can I ask you what's different uh, between Jimmy G and Tannehill? I mean, you were the Nothing. one that kind of advocated for Jimmy G to be higher, if we're being honest. I was, and I would advocate for Tannehill to be higher. I, I, I mean, think, am I honestly, excited? I think besides, besides Browning, because he's, like, young, I guess, and, like, he was on, a, and he made the Bengals exciting if the Burrow went down, none of those guys you want anywhere near your sidelines we want. Uh, yeah, like, I, I, you wouldn't, let's I wouldn't not, want like, anybody. Tannehill, like, Tannehill this year... He played 10 games and started eight of them. He had four passing touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah, it wasn't I good. Think, That's a Kenny Pickett style one right there. Wait, what, what are you guys both arguing right now? What, which spots? He, I think he should be in D. Tom thinks he should be in F. All right. Um, just because of how I think this is going to shake out, I think he's bottom D. And I'm, I'm going to say I think he's D, not F, just because he has played before and maybe – you can convince yourself he, if he's the backup and has to come in, he's got that experience factor that somewhat makes you a little more thrilled. Obviously, if, if he's jogging out as the starter week one, it's F. I don't think he'll be a starter. I think he'll be a backup, which is why I feel like D is probably more appropriate. Fine. All right. Uh, the bo- last the two- bottom D, obviously. Okay. Last two guys are F tier? In my opinion, yes. Zach Wilson and Bailey Zappi? Mm, Zach Wilson well, might cool. be D tier. Who are you convincing what? yourself? Are you, all right, so are you more excited about Zach Wilson or Josh Dobbs? I'm significantly more excited about Zach. I'm, I'm, I'm living the at same. both. They're both. But, if I see either of them jogging out, I'm expecting my team to win four games max. All right, but fine. I feel like you're going to use yeah, the same I'm, criteria yeah, for I, Zach that you're I've, not going to use for I've Mac had, Jones. I've had heated debates about Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, and Mason Rudolph today. Zach Wilson is where I draw the line. Put him in F tier. I'm not, I'm not defending him. Sorry, Zach. And Bailey Zappi, don't even put him on the list. <laughs> I mean, Zach... I mean, Zach Wilson was like he was essentially cut, traded, benched by his by the Jets all within a span of two years because they've said they want to trade him. Then he's the backup. Then he's the starter again. They can't make up their mind with him. I don't think anybody wants him starting, and Fine. I I think that's just the the unfortunate reality. I mean, right now, just just as a hypothetical, since it looks like Zach Wilson will get traded, if as a Giants fan and as a Steelers fan. What pick would you want to give up to bring in Zach Wilson? A sixth round pick. Brock Purdy level. So, exact. So, essentially nothing. I think that is what F tier is then at this yeah. point. Fine. Yeah. Um, so, basically, we have the three quarterbacks that are going projected top three in S tier with Kirk Cousins for different kind of reasons. We have Baker and Fields in A tier. We have Russ and Penix in B tier. We have McCarthy, 
Knicks, and Gardner in C. We have Flacco, Browning, Jimmy G, Mason Rudolph, and Ryan Tannehill in D tier. And then we have Mac Jones, Josh Dobbs, Bailey Zappi, and Zach Wilson in F tier. I'm going to post a screenshot of this with absolutely no caption and just let people try to figure out what it means. Because if you look at this, it just looks like an absolute mess if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, none at all. So I guess like my biggest disagreement was Penix in B tier. What was your guys like? Do you guys have any like gripes with this list? Like looking well, at it later. Have, did you have Penix? What just one off or two off? You said C for him. No, he said C. No, he he. Yeah, he I said top of C tier. No, 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 oh, no. You? I never. No, no. I said he was okay, in the same yeah, tier yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, Nixon yeah, yeah. McCarthy. So like, I don't know. I, I just didn't think I it was think, a whole tier above, but I could get him being like the first guy in C tier. That was my gripe. I think my biggest differences are I think jimmy g at this point i think it's probably you could probably put him in f if you really want to and i think i would be i think i could be convinced to honestly put russ in a if he's in a good situation if everything is perfect around him i could maybe convince myself to be more excited but i don't see that happening i could see him in fields flipping depending on situations yeah i could see that maybe um i think i think the biggest complaint i have is d and f should be one tier because if any of any of those one two three four five six seven eight nine guys are anywhere near my team sidelines i'm not watching the game that's I just fair think the one dif- i think the one difference is that d is okay this guy's a backup one or two games will will make it work f is do not get on my sideline for any reason no matter what i think that's the the difference Okay, I guess you're right because because if my quarterback is hurting Tannehill trots out, I'm like, all right, fine. But if I get hurt, Bailey Zappi trots is out, and I'm like, yeah, all right, exactly, this, this, yeah, exactly. this season's done. <laughs> all right, so what is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? We are back here today with another 2024 NFL mock draft. But before we get into it, we're going to have a twist to it. So we're going to be going through this mock draft in a hypothetical that the Chicago Bears are opting to stay with Justin Fields as their franchise quarterback. They think they can get just an absolute king's ransom for number one and build around Justin Fields going forward. So we have about seven teams here in a wheel that we are going to spin, um, and that is going to be the team that's going to win the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, and we'll be picking number one in the 2024 draft. So I have spun the wheel. We're going to see between the Falcons, Vikings, Pats, Giants, Titans, Broncos, and Raiders, and who gets it. It's not going to be the Giants. It just missed them. It's going to be the Tennessee Titans. So they are going to see that Cale Williams is available and they're going to move on from Will Levis. All right. So now that the Tennessee Titans won the uh, spin the wheel sweepstakes, they're obviously getting trade up to select Cale Williams, who every GM probably thinks is somewhat of a franchise generational quarterback. So I have the 1.1 here. Um, Dom, you're picking second or Tom, you're picking second. I got the second uh, Tom. Okay, so we got Caleb Williams off the board to the Titans. I feel like this will still be the same pick for Washington. Yep, it's going to be Drake May. Just uh, keep it going. All right, so I guess this is where it can get interesting with Marvin Harris. Well, I don't know, though. I guess it's not going to be – is it going change, Dom? Do we still like Daniels here, or is it going to be Marvin Harrison? For now, I still like Daniels. If the Patriots decide to go with a uh, free agent quarterback, then they could definitely take Marvin Harrison here. But I think for the time being, we still see three quarterbacks going in the top three. Yeah, I feel like the odds of that are very likely to happen. So um, makes it easy for me at four, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the board. Um, he will be the selection to the Cardinals. So I guess it's going to stay like maybe in that consensus top four of the three quarterbacks, one through three, and then Marvin Harrison at four, even if a trade does occur. Um, it would maybe get a little bit interesting if like the Pats traded up to number one or the Commanders traded to one and Chicago wanted Marvin Harrison Jr. But for now, we got Williams, May, Daniels, MHJ, and then Tom, you got the Chargers on the clock here at five. Yeah, so um, I think our last pick, we had Brock Bowers go here. 
right? With no, our first we had, mock draft, we had Bowers oh, no, Hall. We, we had uh, I took Joe oh, right. here. We had, we had Joe Alco yeah. here. So, um, I do kind of like the idea of Bowers going to the Charge at five because although Keenan Allen is kind of a, a cut candidate. Some of the back of my mind makes me think he had a fantastic year and he did kind of get hurt. Maybe he'll take some sort of pay cut because he is, what, 31, 32? He's not going to get some mega deal anywhere else, and I feel like he probably would want to stay in L.A., especially with um, with Jim Harbaugh now as a new coach. And I think Harbaugh is going to want to go out and get playmakers and maybe try and fix uh, Quentin Johnston. So they're going to run back the wide receiver core and take Bowers, uh, give Herbert a crazy arsenal of weapons. All right, so we're going to have a big switch up on Bowers because we had him go very far. I think we had him go to, like, he, the Raiders at 13. He fell to 13, yep. Yeah. He fell. All right, Dom, Charger or Giants here at 6, what we got? Yeah, so I think it's crazy because it really – the top of this draft is so offense-heavy. Um, I think the Giants would be silly here not to take a wide receiver given their current uh, room. I believe last time uh, we had them take Malik Neighbors. I think I think it stays that way. I still yeah. think Neighbors is the wide receiver too in this draft, and they need the weapons. It just makes too much sense here, for sure. And I think I think he's a slightly better prospect than um, Roman Dunze would be. And personally, for as a Giant fan, I want Neighbors. Yeah, I feel like uh, Neighbors could be going to Chargers at five, Giants at six. I doubt he falls past the Giants. Um, I guess it could get interesting. Maybe if Harrison goes in the top three, and the Cardinals are still there at four, like Malik Neighbors could be a Cardinal. Um, so we're here with the Bears at seven, which uh, was the original pick of the Tennessee Titans. So they will have seven and nine here in this new mock draft. So uh, I think it's between two guys here. I think it's between uh, Joe Alt and Roma Dunze. I think if you're going with Fields long term, you could still look to beef up the offensive line in some way, shape or form. Um, and you can get Joe Alt and then you can bump guys in if you want. But I could totally get the mindset of getting Roma Dunze and we'll see if... Um, Tom has him fall past the Falcons, and maybe Dom likes him there at nine. But I'm going to have them select Joe Alt. I feel like he's a really good franchise tackle that you really can't pass up on, especially if you're going to build all in on fields. You might as well pair him up with a stud tackle there, and then you could still have wide receiver weapons if you want to take one at nine, second round, maybe if there's something happens in free agency. So I'm going to go Alt there at seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Alt um, not, fall, not falling too far here because – He's also a fantastic prospect as le- as a left tackle, and this is the kind of guy that even if like although our mock draft like we're not going to have guys making additional trades, but this is the kind of guy that someone could trade up for again. So I definitely think that he could be a uh, a look here for pretty much every team in the NFL besides maybe the Forty ers Um, so let's let's look at the Falcons here. I think now with Raheem Morris as their new coach they I think they may just want to go defense but I don't really I don't see any of these guys that are here like are any of them better than Roma Dunze because if Morris wants to make this dream team offensive weapon set I mean if he wants to take in a Dunze with uh Pitts London and Bijan I don't know I think just for pure excitement I want to see a Dunze in Atlanta just in this situation so I'm gonna take him here yeah, I think I, I was diving into it a little more with the Falcons. Um, I believe their leading pass rusher only had six and a half or seven sacks. So I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to lean that they maybe go edge, especially with Morris. Now I could see that yeah. happening. Um, Dallas Turner, Jared but, Verse, I feel like could be like viable options there. I, I've heard a lot of good things about Turner that he might go in the top 10 now. Yeah. And I'm, 
I'm going to have him in the top 10 here because with all three receivers off the board, with Brock Bowers off the board, I don't think the Bears will reach for a wide receiver here. And also, same thing with the Bears. They had the second least sacks in the NFL this past season. I'm pretty sure Montez Sweat led the team in sacks, and we all know that he got there, what, was week eight, nine? Week, yeah, so something like that. So they'd still need that edge pressure. I think Dallas Turner here to the Bears would uh, really beef up that D-line. Yeah, that's a nice pick. So that makes my life a lot easier here because I was like, all right, are we just going to take a tackle no matter what here with the Jets pick, even if you took Olu Fashanu? But with Olu Fashanu still on the board here at 10, this is a no-brainer pick for the uh, Jets here. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to have the Vikings here at 11 who basically need everything according to PFF. I want to I want to stick by my my theory in, in the first in the first mock draft. I think just Michael Penix here is just is the pick here for the Vikings, especially if they don't want up getting anybody if they don't bring Kirk back. I guess with where we are now, it's their roster as is, and I I want them taking Penix. And I think if there's one guy who'd step in, I and have Jefferson and Addison and Hawkinson not take too much of a uh, a no, I don't want to say step back, but not hurt their production too much. I think Penix could jump in and be successful. Yeah, I saw I saw on Twitter. I don't know I don't know how much truth there was to this report. I think it was like ML Football, one of those accounts, I don't remember which one. That said the Vikings do want to try to either trade up for a young uh quarterback or just draft a young quarterback of the future. So I don't I don't know how truthful that is, but Penix at 11 could possibly happen. Um with the Broncos here in our last uh, last mock draft, we had them take Dallas Turner, so he's no longer an option. Based on what's left, I feel like if you could get a cornerback core of Patrick Sertan and Nate Wiggins, who I think I'm starting to fall in love with. I was looking at his profile a little bit. He seems like he might be cornerback one for me this year. If you can get those two guys in a division with the Chargers weapons and uh, Devontae Adams and whoever the Chiefs roll out next year. I think that this could be a great pick for the Broncos, so I have them here taking Nate Wiggins. That's a good pick, especially because although Patrick Sertan like, is a top three corner, he might want out of there because the, that team is not looking good right now, and he may want to get traded and go somewhere to a little more of there, and they could probably get multiple firsts for him. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I really want to mock Bo Nix here to the Raiders at 13, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, this is a team that needs everything, including quarterback, but I, I don't really think that's probably the smart decision to make. Um, so I, I feel like it could be between Jerzon Newton, um, defensive interior, probably like leaning him a little bit more than Cooper DeGene here. Obviously, like they need a bunch of stuff in that secondary, but they just need that defense as a whole. And I feel like with Antonio Pierce coming back, maybe he's going to want to just completely change what that defense looks like. Uh, Layout Tuvatu could also be an option here as well. I'm going to go uh, with Jajan Newton, go interior defensive line. Not a sexy pick, but something I feel like they need to do there at 13 and address. So, uh, yeah, going defensive. And a, ver- with the Raiders. a very Raiders pick. Yeah, for sure. It's like, uh, who was it last year again? Um, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Yeah, yeah it was just like a Raiders didn't, pick. Didn't, didn't hear much about him during the season. No, not at all. To be honest. <laughs> I, think he, I think he started the year hurt, though. So, I mean, for, for what that's worth. Um, all right, so now we got the Saints with a few needs here. Uh, I think, I definitely think... Um, had the last pick may not have happened. I think uh, very well the Saints could have uh, taken the, the Raiders' thunder a bit there. But they do need some defensive line help. Um, and I think with Cam Jordan getting up there and they are going to have to start building on the defense with Lattimore, I think is 
on the one of the last years of his contract, and they're probably just going to keep pushing his money back for years and years and years because the Saints just work the cap. Um, I kind of I kind of like them to take Jared Verse here, and I think he may have went. I think he may have went to the Saints in our last one too. Um, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Jared Verse, one of the top guys. I remember in our college football preview for the season video back in August. Um, I had highlighted Jared, uh, Jared versus one of the top defenders in the country. Um, and I thought Florida State was going to make the playoff, but. Uh, yeah. So in our, looks like our last one, we had Jared Varis actually falling to 15, uh, to the Colts. So he's okay. right, right in that range. That's where it seems like we, uh, keep penciling him in. Um, I feel like the Colts here could go in a few different directions. They obviously don't need quarterback. They obviously don't need, uh, running back or wide receiver really. So they could either focus on defense or maybe try to improve the O-line a little bit, but I don't think the O-line um, was really too bad. Um, the one thing the Colts did did all right in was um, their pass defense could use a little bit of work. And given the fact that uh, Cooper DeGene is still here, I feel like they could probably take him here. I don't know. I don't really know where he'll go in the actual draft. I've seen people take him top 10. I've seen him at the bottom of the first, so I feel like he's got a lot of range. But here at the Colts, apparently, um, I think they could just work on the defense and get another uh, corner because I think their offense, like I said, I think is pretty much set for the most part. Yeah, I feel like he's got a ton of variance to Gene where he can end up going in the first round for sure. Uh, this leads me to the Seahawks at 16. And if I remember correctly, did we mock – a quarterback to them last time as well this was mike this was michael penix this was last the penix time. spot yep. okay uh, i didn't know if it was penix or nix on the top of my head um so, yeah, you, got, you guys decided to go elsewhere I'm, i've been pushing for penix to the, the vikings forever <laughs> i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not gonna have them go quarterback here uh i mean like they could be a Knicks team maybe maybe they're a mccarthy team if they want to have him sit behind you know but i'm gonna have them take a while to a while too i feel like they still have a window to maybe make a run in the playoffs if they can just kind of hit um spots on kind of the margins and if they get like just better in kind of the the positions of need and they probably need to address like interior offensive line in like the later rounds as well in day two and day three but i'm gonna have them take lots here at 16 from ucla solid pick so i think jacks can go in a few different directions here i think i think their their wide receiver room is going to need more help than we maybe maybe in a 2025 draft and we're letting on. I think Calvin Ridley is going to wind up finding his way out of there somewhere, some way or another. And Zay Jones, I mean, he's been really solid, but how how great can how great could he be with um, if he was to move up to the number two receiver rather than the number three? Uh, Kirk's been hurt. Uh, I think he missed a few games in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty. He missed games this year too. Yeah, and then he he got he had a pretty bad. I think it was a groin injury towards the end of this year. And I, I think, but I think I'm going to lay off the wide receiver room for now. Um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to um, mock them Kool-Aid McKinstry here from Alabama to get some defensive back help. And the Jaguars defense was a lot worse than people let on last year because their defense was pretty solid towards the end of 2022. And I think uh, they need some, some much, to get some much needed uh, defensive back help uh, situation. All right. So up now with the Bengals and I feel like it's the same old story for them they need to fix that old line and just seems like every year they're trying to patch it and the patches are just not working it's time for them to fully invest a first round pick into it um last mock draft we did I had JC Latham above uh Tylese Fuaga I hope I said that right do you guys know how to pronounce it Fuaga yeah I think, Sounds yeah right. yeah you did it right 
Um, so I'm actually going to have Fuaga go here just because from what I've been reading and some other analysts, they seem to like him more than Latham. So I'm, I'll take their word for it. I'm sure they've done more scouting than I have. So I have him staying in the uh, orange and black, but uh, moving a little bit to the east. Gotcha. All right. So I'm on the clock here with the Rams who could probably go in a bunch of different directions as well. Uh, like quarterback is obviously like a potential thing with Stafford getting up there in age, but I'm not going to touch that. I think I'm going to stick with, I don't know, it's either going to go secondary or O-line, um, either go Latham or Terry on Arnold here. I mean, you could look at a Marius Mims as well as a potential piece here, um, who I've heard really good things about, and obviously George offensive linemen have done very well as of late. I mean, looking down here, I, I don't think that they're going to maybe touch anything else um it looks like there's maybe not like a d-line option for them so i'm gonna have them take i'm gonna have them take a mary smims from georgia here just get them offensive line help just to protect matthew stafford because he took some pretty big hits last year and they think they could probably still do something in the playoffs since they hit on home runs with like late round picks like puka and kyron williams last year yeah i i, I like mims going there um I, i'm a big fan of georgia offensive linemen and i think uh the rams are still kind of in that win now uh, mindset, even though I know they're probably a, a little step behind a few of the top teams, but they're still their window, I guess, is still open based on the way their roster is constructed. But now we got Matt Steelers up here, and I think this one's pretty easy. Um, I think I am going to just throw Terry and Arnold here, take best play, take best available, in my opinion, on the board at this time. Uh, Matt, any gripes with that? No, I, I think like they definitely need to either address secondary linebacking core or um, interior offensive line. Maybe he's a reach here for an interior offensive lineman, so maybe they trade down. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that pick at all. All right, so now with the Dolphins, uh, the first thing the Dolphins need to do this offseason is, one, just get healthy. After that, they can look at the roster, and I feel like O-line was significantly banged up this year. They're definitely getting older, so I think they'll have a few holes on that O-line. The fact that J.C. Latham's still here, I feel like the Dolphins would be all over that. Um, maybe they like Jordan Morgan more out of Arizona, but the fact that JC Latham's still here, the Dolphins O-line, I think is definitely their biggest need. Um, they could be a team that maybe for whatever reason decides to trade up and if Brock Bauer starts falling like he did in our last draft, maybe the Dolphins say, let's go get the tight end because that's the one thing we're missing on offense and then they'll just score 40 points a game. But I think they should, uh, work on the O-line here. So I got them taking JC Latham. All right. I like that. Yeah. Um. So now we're on the clock here with the Eagles at 22. It's funny that PFF has them as a need at receiver. I don't really get that with AJ Brown and uh, Devonta Smith. Like this team's defense was so bad in the second half of the year. It should just be everything defensive related. Oh, um. So I'm gonna stick with that. I'm not gonna have them take like a Brian Thomas here. I'm gonna have them take Cameron Kitchens here out of uh, Miami. Can just be like a Swiss Army knife safety for them. Something that uh, an issue they had definitely down the stretch last year. Um, like they traded for uh, Kevin Byard and like like they got Darius Slay getting up there in age. Um, Bradbury dealt with I feel like either some injuries or just kind of like some lapses as well. And like th they've had some poor poor defensive lapses. And I think they gotta go defense no matter what here at 22. So I'm gonna have them take Cameron Kitchens here out of the U. So I'm between two guys here. I'm between Braylon Trice um, out of Washington. I know the Texans could uh, want to pair somebody with Will Anderson, but they just invested obviously such a, a high pick with him in 2023. Troy Franklin from Oregon, like just complete overhaul on wide receiver, like go Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, and Troy Franklin. I think that would be a really, really, really dope offense and just let Stroud air it out with no remorse for any defense. And although D'Amico Ryan's the head coach, I think the Houston Texans are fully committed to letting Stroud 
completely find his stride. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give them Troy Franklin here. As a Nico Collins dynasty owner, I would not be a fan of this pick, but would be a fun ass <laughs> offense for sure. For sure. So now up with the Cowboys. Uh, who have a lot of questions in this offseason. Maybe they can finally get over the hump next year. Um, I think what they could probably focus on the most is on the defensive side. And I'm looking, and I still see Chris Braswell here. If you put him and Micah on that D-line together, I feel like they could have one of the best edge rush combos in the entire league. Um, I doesn't say it's a need for them, but the Cowboys never really draft based off of what need is. They usually just seem to... Um, draft based on potential and where they want to go so i think them getting chris braswell here pair him with micah parsons that would be a great d-line for them yeah i feel like they usually yeah. go defensive heavy in the drafts as well with like micah and uh, Maisie smith last year as well or mazi smith yeah i mean i could see them maybe taking a wide receiver because after cd cooks is older and then who do you trust after that at that point i feel like maybe if uh, if Troy Franklin was here, maybe they do that. Brian Thomas was here, so maybe I could have went that route. But I think they usually, uh, and I mean Jerry Jones does like that. Uh, he does like the superstar um, splash making sometimes. So maybe they could go Brian Thomas if they wanted to. And I do. Um, well, one thing I do respect about Jerry Jones as a GM, I don't think he's a very great GM other, other than this. He does kind of always just take who he thinks is the best player available. Like he drafts on based on needs a little less than other GMs. And there's a reason why the Cowboys um, typically just sometimes just land absolute superstars. Um, But just wanted to give him his props really quick and and otherwise, I think, very bad campaign as a GM. (laughs) The Jerry Jones glazing did not expect that here. Um, I'm going to go defense here with the Packers. They did not let go of their defensive coordinator. I mean, this defense was not great at all. They did not do terrible against like Brock Purdy and the Niners in their last game of the year, but I'm going to have them go safe. Uh, I was debating between Byron Murphy or if they want to go defensive line or they want to go Tower Newbin safety out of Minnesota. Um, I will opt with Tower Newbin out of Minnesota. I feel like you can't go wrong with either of those picks and they'll keep them. Uh, he's a little bit closer geographically than Byron Murphy is, even though that means absolutely nothing. All right, so it has me here now with the Bucks. With according to this uh, this list, could pretty much use a little bit of everything. everything. <laughs> and I do. I, I think my guy from my last the last uh, round of picks here, Braylon Trice, is still there. I think he's one of the best available at this point. But I think Mike Evans very well just could be gone. And I think God, Chris Godwin's getting older, and they don't really have anyone else to throw to. And I think the defense was like serviceable enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Brian Thomas here. I, I, I'm changing from Braille and Trice because after looking at what their roster is probably gonna be like, their wide receiver room specifically, that's not something you want your probable thirty-five, forty million dollar man to be thrown to with Baker next year. Could we see? Like, say Baker does leave, say he goes to, like, Minnesota or a different team or Vegas and they pay him a boatload of money, could we see them be, like, a Bo Nix team here? Or is it Kyle Trask season? No, I'd say Bo Nix is a far better prospect than Kyle Trask. Yeah, I I could see them taking a quarterback if that happened. Uh, It also depends if, um, like, where the quarterbacks will officially fall. Like, if they're going to fall into the second round, they could maybe just wait for a guy then. Mm -hmm. Or or they essentially... fully throw in the towel this year and say, all right, we'll wait for next year when uh, Carson Beck, Quinn Ewers, and that, and try to get that. Uh, Shador that Sanders, future Bucks quarterback. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll <laughs> see. All right, you got your Cardinals here. 
Perfect. So they already got Marvin Harrison Jr. So they don't don't need another wide receiver here. I think the biggest thing that the Cardinals need. I've been saying O line, and that makes me want to take Jordan Morgan, especially because he's from Arizona. But they do have no edge pressure whatsoever, and the fact that Braylon Trice is still here, I feel like that should be the pick, and I'm going to make that the pick. I think there's enough. Uh, from what I've looked at, there's enough O-line depth later on in the draft where I think the Cardinals could find a tackle and find uh, some guards later on in like the third or fourth round. So the fact that Braylon Trice was still here, they, I had it up before, they had the, I believe the third least amount of sacks this past season. Yeah, the Cardinals were third least in sacks. So they definitely need that edge pressure. So I think if they can get Braylon Trice and Marvin Harrison Jr., I think it's a great draft for them overall. For Buffalo here at 28, I feel like they definitely need to, I mean, they're going to have a bunch of kind of positions to address. Their defense was fine last year, but it dealt with so many injuries, so they could go defense. Obviously, a splashy pick could be to go um, receiver here with Diggs, potentially, like, what's going on with him, and you have Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Trent Sherfield. It's not, like, a great receiving room, especially if Diggs is gone, then it's terrible, but I feel like Buffalo hasn't really made those splashy offensive picks. Maybe it will change this year. But I'm going to have them go uh, defense. I'm going to have them take Byron Murphy. I wanted him a little bit earlier to the Packers at 25. But I'm going to have him go here to the Bills at 28. It seems like they've been taking defensive guys in the back end of the first round, like Gregory Russo um, from a couple years ago. And I feel like I'm forgetting, like, blanking on who they took. If you guys can let me know in the first round last year off the top of my head. Why am I blanking on his name? Do you guys remember? The Bills last year? Yeah. Oh, my God. What's his name? Um... I'm like I have his image in my head, but I can't remember his name. The year before was the was the edge rusher from Miami. Yeah, that was Gregory Russo. Uh, who, yeah. was, who was last year? Oh my god! I'm, what school? Ed Oliver? No, that was he's no, no. four years ago by now. Wait, maybe I was thinking um, no. Oh my god, no! I have his like because I remember just like them talking about him against the Chiefs, and that was like my last memory of him. But I'm not gonna remember. Oh him. my goodness! There's no way. Who? It's Dalton Kincaid. Oh my god, yeah. Then I'm thinking. How do we all blank so bad on that? Russo. Maybe, I mean, my maybe I'm thinking of Russo. Okay, that's embarrassing. I thought yeah, he went uh, in the second round, and I was it was totally like I was like something. I'm, I'm like I feel like they went like some sort of like linebacker or like interior person, like front either front no, yeah. seven or offensive line. I was like, who is this? Well, and that's then, on me. I, I steered you guys differently, saying it was defense, and that's what they've been doing. I don't know. I guess I was thinking of like Oliver and Russo, and I feel like there could have been one more in there. But yeah, that's on me because I love Kincaid too. That's embarrassing. All right, onto the chat. Yeah, I feel I feel like if you were like, oh, I know the like if, if Don was like Matt, how do you not know the Bills pick? I would be like, all right, then it's Kincaid because I know you were pushing for him like pretty much the entire offseason. Yeah, wow, um, okay. that, that was bad. Yeah. All right, so we'll 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 brush over that. Um, so the Chiefs here, the glaring need is wide receiver. The thing is, I just don't know if any of these guys are like really that crazy. But Lad McConkey from Georgia does kind of stick out a little bit. I think he could wind up. Getting that, I, I don't want to be like. Uh, to be honest, I don't really, I don't really even know who to really like compare him to. Maybe like a Romeo Dobbs type player where they don't break out right away and they could wind up in an offense with not a lot of weapons, kind of just find their spot. Rasheed Rice should take that second year jump. I don't know what's going to go on with Kelsey. I'm going to assume he's back next year. I see no reason why he wouldn't be. So I think I think I'm going to go with Lam McConkey here, and the Chiefs address the need and they say, "Sorry, Kadarius Tony, you are now officially." Uh, Demote is the practice squad. Damn. I mean, they should they should have made that move uh, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So that that how many wide receivers is that now for us? One, two, three, 
four, five, six, right? Three and three. You have three guys in the top, and then we just had three guys recently go. So that yeah. would be a lot of wide receivers in the first round. But we've been saying it now, um, especially in the last mock draft. This draft, for whatever reason, is so offense-heavy that I think it could happen, potentially. Yeah. Um, up now at the Lions, when we were talking about the NFC Championship preview, I mentioned how the Lions have given up over almost 350 plus passing yards in five straight games now they need to fix their defense number one and the fact that Kamari Lasseter from Georgia is still here I think he'd make a great addition for their cornerback room they need to make some sort of change either in free agency or the draft and right now I'm gonna have them fix it in the draft wait who'd you end up taking uh Lasseter from Georgia back-to-back Bulldogs gotcha um so that's what our third Bulldog or fourth with Bowers so we had Bowers Mims um Lassiter that's, McConkey there. That's good recruiting right there. I mean you got four five from Bama too, so it's it's yeah. the way it goes. <laughs> um completely unrelated, but I'm gonna make the comp, but Kentucky may have like five or six first round picks in the NBA draft. Just saying. It's gonna be insane. Um I don't know. What what, what is what do they do in March though? That's all that matters. True, true. We'll see if Cal Park <laughs> can get over in the hum. Um so I'm here on the the Niners at thirty one. Obviously the them, the Chiefs, Lions, and Ravens are all still alive as we're recording this. Um they definitely don't really need to touch offense skill position wise at all. They could look to touch secondary, um, and they wanted to go that route, but I'm just gonna have them address the offensive line. They still have Purdy on a steal of a contract, and I'm gonna have them select Jordan Morgan uh, tackle out of Arizona just to give him a little bit more protection as well. So, Tom, wrap us off. 32. Who are the Ravens selecting? I think this is. I, I don't think Ennis Reich is strong. Um, I don't think he leaves the first round. He was really solid for Missouri this year, and I think Baltimore, although they always have a ridiculous amount of talent in their cornerback room, for some reason, well, not for some reason, injuries. Historically, they just always wind up just getting hurt throughout the year. Like, and they're all serious injuries too. They're like torn ligaments and broken bones. I'm I'm gonna have I'm gonna have them um, secure up that uh, that cornerback room here, especially with how unhealthy they've been over the last few years. And they finally seem to address the wide receiver room, which we've been asking them to do for five years now with Zay Flowers, and they seem to have made a nice hit on him. Yeah, so that is going to be our. Uh... Second mock draft here for the 2024 draft. Just put a fun twist on it, seeing if the uh, Bears would trade out of number one. If um, kind of going back on this, we like randomly did it with the um, the wheel. Uh, in hindsight, like if you guys had a team that could get Caleb Williams, who would you want it to be? I feel like for me, it'd be like the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like that would obviously be like a complete fun young offense with a new head coach. Um, but like, who would you guys want if it wasn't like the Titans who we had here? I mean, I'm sure my, Giants, I'll put right? I'll put bias aside. Oh no! You can say Giants. Um, but, you can say Giants. I mean, obviously John, but like, but for for the for the video's sake, I'm I'm gonna say that uh, I, I do really like that like that Falcons take because if you just put Caleb Williams on an offense with those guys and see what he can do, I think it'd be the ultimate like just I told you so to Arthur Smith saying here's what you could have done when you have a quarterback and then let and like just you have all these guys and you just need a one more piece and you chose to use Tyler Algier and Quarrell Patterson. Um, I think. That's where it could be a really exciting offense. So I'm going to take the Falcons. I do agree with that, Matt. Good take. Yeah. What do you got? Tom? Yeah, I I agree with you guys with the Falcons. I think the Vikings would be a great spot. I just, I can't picture the Bears allowing a division rival to take Caleb Williams. I don't think they would make the trade yeah. with Minnesota. Like that just doesn't seem likely. But I think if he was in Minnesota, I mean, you mentioned Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, uh, maybe a new running back next year to fix that. But 
the rest of their offense is pretty good. Uh, Hawkinson coming back from injury, like they they possibly are just one quarterback away, and Caleb Williams would be on that cheap contract for a few years. I don't think it's likely, but like I said, I think it would be pretty cool. And maybe like one random wild card that I'm just gonna throw out there, because every team that's kind of far back, I don't see it happening. What if Seattle just says like, screw it, we want Caleb Williams for the next ten years. Like, like, and they trade up from 16. Like, imagine how much draft capital they would have to then do to go from 16 to 1. To one do you, do you think that I have to give up more than the Vikings? I feel like in order for the Vikings to get him, the Bears would need to be, like, absolutely, like, blown away by the offer. Like, it would have to be maybe four firsts, I would probably say, or, like, three firsts and, like, additional players and additional seconds. Because, yeah, I mean, in order to, yeah, like, justify going up against him twice a year for the next decade or more and having to... Uh, constantly, not only that, compete with him in the playoffs. And, like, you could wind up a wild card team and the Vikings win the division because they have Caleb Williams. You could have to go into Minnesota in playoff games. It's it's nuts to think about. And I don't think the Bears just simply would not let it happen. It would probably take less from the Broncos to go further back than they would the I Vikings agree. just for the sole purpose of, like, not having to worry about seeing him twice a year. Yeah, yeah that, I agree with that. That's why I think the trade is very unlikely. But, I mean... What if Minnesota does just say, "Here's four first round picks. We want them." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe you take it then, and you stick with Fields, and and then when and then when Field when the Vikings beat the Bears, thirty seven sixteen, and Fields has two interceptions and a fumble loss, uh, then the Ryan Poles will probably get booed out of the stadium and not allowed back in. Can't wait! Can't wait for Twitter on that day. Yeah. That that would that would be that would be like the most iconic. Like that'll be like that'll be like the Ben Simmons passing away the game winning shot. NBA Twitter day, that would be what this would be NFL Twitter day. Uh, yeah, I think Seattle would be a, f- a fun uh, mark or uh, trade destination like for them to go up to number one because they could kind of dangle like Kenneth Walker in that deal as well, like a fun young offensive playmaker for like Fields as like uh, Seattle already has Charbonnet um, and it, it would be a cool spot for sure. So that is going to be it for us in our second mock draft of the year. We hope you guys did enjoy. Drop a like on YouTube if you did and let us know in the comments what you guys think of this mock and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd appreciate a rating and review over there as well. So our next video will be our reaction to the cha- uh, conference championship games. So be on the lookout for that and we'll catch you all there. Peace.